We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 384 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022, as I tape this very early on Wednesday morning, or should I say very late on Tuesday night. It is, let me see, 448 on Wednesday morning. Jeez, it's time to go to bed. What are we doing here? (laughs) But we are hours removed from a principal enemy of Dan Snyder, a principal enemy of the Danny, having been defeated, Representative Jerry Nadler on Tuesday night defeated his longtime colleague, Representative Carolyn Maloney, in the Democratic primary race for New York's newly drawn 12th Congressional District. Uh, Carolyn Maloney, She is the chairwoman of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. She has been the person leading congressional involvement with the commanders regarding their workplace misconduct scandal, and she has been defeated. She has been ousted. Uh, That sound that you hear is Dan Snyder screaming at the top of his lungs, Happy Thanksgiving. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, Danny, it was a happy Thanksgiving for you on Tuesday night. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Well, Dan Snyder had happy news for him on Tuesday night. We had happy news and had not so happy news with the commanders on Tuesday morning. Uh, I will be discussing both the happy news and the not so happy news and a whole lot more uh, on this show. The happy news is that the commanders on Tuesday morning announced that they will be retiring the number nine of the great Sonny Jurgensen. Uh, this during their game against the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field at week 18 of the 2022 season. Uh, later in the show, I will address uh, the commanders now retiring numbers off the team, having only had one retired number, Sammy Baugh's number 33 for decades. Uh, I will present a proper tribute to Sonny, who really was years ahead of his time as a quarterback and who, of course, is a Redskins radio 
broadcasting legend. Uh, the not-so-happy Commander's News from Tuesday morning was them placing Chase Young on the reserve, physically unable to perform list, meaning that he'll miss at least the Commander's first four games in the 2022 regular season. This was not shocking news, uh, but this was disappointing news. There were other moves by the Commanders on Tuesday morning as we had the cut down to 80. I'll get into all of the moves and some notable comments from Ron Rivera coming up shortly. Uh, also on the show, Ted Leonsis and the Nationals. Major report on Tuesday afternoon regarding Ted emerging as a potential buyer of the Nats. Uh, this very interestingly just hours after Ted's monumental sports and entertainment announced that it's gaining 100% ownership of NBC Sports Washington. Uh, hmm. Ted now owning a regional sports cable network and looking to buy the Nats. Uh, what could this mean for the Masson dispute? Uh, we'll discuss that and the Nats 4-2 loss at the Seattle Mariners late night on Tuesday night. And I'll talk Orioles off a 5-3 win over the Chicago White Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Tuesday night. A very efficient game for the O's offensively. Uh, the former Nat, Austin Voth, with another effective start. And the flamethrower, the ace reliever, Felix Batista. Flame-throwing Felix, a.k.a. Omar from The Wire. Uh, wait until you hear what Felix did on Tuesday night. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of tweets on the commanders deciding to retire the great Sonny Jurgensen's number nine during the game against the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field in week 18 of this coming season. Tweet from Room 1408. <laughs> uh, saw Sonny play many times for the Redskins, no matter how far they were behind in a game. The fans always had high hopes of a comeback as long as Sonny was the quarterback. A tweet from Rick Proctor in the neighborhood pickup games. I was known as the golden arm after the real golden arm. My hero and idol, number nine. Tweet from Joseph. It was about time. Good for Sonny. Why does it seem like this franchise is forever behind in doing the right thing? Sonny Jurgensen's number should have been retired a long time ago. Tweet from Zim. Could the team have picked a worse game to retire the number? Why the team wouldn't have retired the number in the September game against the Eagles is mind-blowing to me. What if the team is really bad? FedEx Field will be filled with Cowboys fans in a cold AF game. Uh, yeah, man, there is definitely a risk in not retiring Sonny Jurgensen's number nine until week 18 if the commanders this coming season are bad, or even if they're just out of playoff contention by week 18, FedEx Field absolutely could be overtaken by Cowboys fans. However, think of the flip side. What if the commanders are in playoff contention come week 18? What if the Week 18 game against the Cowboys is a high-stakes winner wins the NFC East game? a la the Week 17 win over the Cowboys at FedEx Field in 2012. Then, retiring Sonny's number 9 in the Week 18 game against the Cowboys at FedEx Field will be an extra boost, an extra motivator for the Commanders. So this could work out in the team's favor, uh, but yeah, this also could blow up 
in the team's face. Uh, that is the big question. What will be the state of the Commanders 2022 season come that Week 18 game against the Cowboys at FedEx Field? Well, if you have questions or concerns about the health of your skin, know that Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland provide excellent skin care. Call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Dr. George Verghese is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. He's a big Commanders fan. He is a loyal listener of this podcast. And operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Uh, the Institute focuses on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you are dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, if you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings in addition to offering advanced treatments for many skin cancers, including treatments that many other practices do not offer, like SRT, which is superficial radiation therapy. To find out more, call 301-396-3401. That's 301-396-3401. Make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you, but call 301-396-3401. You could also visit midatlanticskin.com. That's midatlanticskin.com. For excellent and comprehensive skincare, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. All right, so it was by Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern that each NFL team had to reduce its active roster to a maximum of 80 players. The Commanders on Tuesday morning announced a number of roster moves to get down to 80. Uh, no move was more prominent than them placing edge defender Chase Young on the reserve physically unable to perform list. Uh, this wasn't necessarily a surprising move, but this was a significant move. The Commanders on July 26th, the day on which players reported for 2022 Commanders training camp, put Chase Young on the active, physically unable to perform list, i.e. the preseason pup list. Uh, Commanders head coach Ron Rivera at a post-training camp practice press conference on July 29th said that Chase would not be available for at least week one of the 2022 season. And then we got what we got on Tuesday morning. The commanders placing Chase on the reserve physically unable to perform list, i.e. the regular season pup list. And by the way, 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday also was the deadline by which an NFL team had to make a decision on a player on the active physically unable to perform list on the preseason pup list. One of the options was to move the player to the reserve physically unable to perform list, the regular season pup list. And that's what the commanders did with Chase Young. Uh, Chase being on the regular season pup list means that he will miss at least the commander's first four games in the 2022 regular season. Uh, those four games, week one, home to the Jacksonville Jaguars, week two at the Detroit Lions, week three, home to the Philadelphia Eagles, and week four at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the earliest that Chase could return in terms of a game would be week five home 
to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, but yeah, Chase now is officially out for the Commanders' first four games in the 2022 regular season, including two NFC East games. Uh, he is, of course, coming off a torn right ACL that he suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field last November 14th. But we have since come to find out a lot more about what happened with his right knee. Uh, as you probably know, not all torn ACLs are the same. Uh, so often, a player who suffers a torn ACL also suffers other damage to the knee. Uh, you know, a torn MCL, a torn LCL, nerve damage, etc., uh, and or has damage that requires complicated work that another player who suffered a torn ACL does not have to have done on him. You know, not all torn ACLs are the same. Well, Chase, in a post-OTA practice press conference this past June 1st, revealed that a graft from his left patellar tendon had been used for his right knee, uh, indicating that his right ACL was reconstructed and not simply repaired. And then we on Tuesday afternoon got this. Uh, NFL insider Jordan Schultz tweeted that Chase's injured right leg also had included a, quote, fully ruptured patella, end quote. Uh, that was new. And that adds new context to the Chase Young recovery. Uh, here was the full tweet from Jordan Schultz. Quote, full Chase Young update per a source. ACL surgery was more significant than most because he also suffered a fully ruptured patella, which is why he's starting out on reserve pup. Impressive all-around recovery. Commander's plan for Young's return week five versus Titans. End quote. Uh, the Commanders on Tuesday practiced. Uh, they, in fact, conducted a fully padded practice. Rod Rivera did a post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon. This was Ron on where we're at with Chase Young. I mean, as we go through this, you know, there, there, there's hard to predict on, on, on recovery time. I mean, you know, this is injury, and we talked about it earlier, it was, it was a little bit more severe than, than the average one is. And because of that, the timeline is, is a little bit longer. What is that timeline? I can't tell you. All right, so Rod Rivera in that cut didn't specifically confirm what Jordan Schultz reported on Tuesday afternoon, but Ron certainly emphasized that Chase's torn right knee was not your usual torn knee. Uh, this is a real shame with Chase Young. He had a great rookie season. Remember, Chase won Associated Press Defensive Rookie of the Year for the 2020 season. Uh, he had a disappointing second NFL season in which he suffered this badly injured right knee. And now his third NFL season won't get going until at least week five. And I emphasize that phrase, at least. You know, Chase can come back in week five. That doesn't mean that he will be back for week five. Uh, it could be that Chase doesn't make a season debut until week six or week seven or week eight. So his third NFL season could end up being a lost season, uh, which would make his last two NFL seasons disappointing slash lost seasons. And then don't forget this, uh, the commander's next offseason, the 2023 offseason, have to decide on whether to exercise the fifth-year option in Chase's rookie contract. Now, I do expect them to exercise that option, but the point is we are rapidly approaching the point at which some contractual decisions need to be made on Chase Young. Uh, Fifth-year option, contract extension, etc. And we still do not have a great grasp on who he is as an NFL player. We all get the talent, and like I said, he had a great rookie season, but that was before 
a disappointing second season, and then this badly injured right knee. Who is Chase Young now as an NFL player? We don't know. And I'm not sure if we're going to know this coming season. It's really a shame. I mean, number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, a local, right? A product of DeMatha Catholic High School in Hyattsville, Maryland, uh, as gifted and as hyped of an edge defender prospect as you'll ever see coming into the NFL. And now this is where we are. And look, you hope for the best. You know, Chase Young by no means is like doomed to be a bust, okay? He could make his season debut in week five and kill it from that point forward. I hope like heck that that's what happens. But you tell me, what do you think is more likely? That Chase will make his season debut in week five and kill it from that point forward? Or that the 2022 season will prove to be a lost season for Chase? And so for now, there is increased pressure on these commanders, other edge defenders, you know? Montez Sweat, I mean, it is step-up time for Montez Sweat. He very much needs to have a big 2022 season off a disappointing 2021 season by his own admission. And we'll see what happens with the team's backup edge guys. Uh, James Smith-Williams and F.A. Obata and Casey Tuhill and Daniel Wise and Shaka Tony and William Bradley King. Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon was asked if it's good for commander's backup edge defenders to now at least have the certainty of Chase Young being out for at least the first four games of the commander's 2022 regular season as opposed to thinking that he might be back after a game or two. Here was Ron's answer. Well, I would like to believe, you know, that they approach it every, no matter what, they're always approaching that, hey, this is my chance, my opportunity, I got to go out there and play my best. Um, but yeah, it does, in, in, in the back of their minds, yeah, this, if anything, this should signify minimum, you know, I got four weeks, I got to go out and, you know, do what I got to do. Um, you know, and again, for however, however long he's out, yeah, those guys should realize and recognize this is their opportunity. Yeah, this is a massive opportunity for those guys. As for the other roster moves by the Commanders on Tuesday morning, well, Chase Young wasn't the only Commanders player placed on the reserve physically unable to perform list on Tuesday morning. The Commanders also placed center Tyler Larson on the reserve physically unable to perform list, uh, meaning that he'll miss at least the Commanders' first four games of the 2022 regular season. Uh, So a significant blow for the Commanders' offensive line. Larson is their number two center. Larson is coming off an Achilles injury that he suffered in the loss to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field last December 12th. Uh, The Commanders on Tuesday morning released two players, receiver Kelvin Harmon and offensive tackle Rashad Hill. The Commanders on Tuesday morning placed linebacker Nathan Gary on the reserve injured list. Uh, And yes, they just signed Nathan Gary. Uh, The Commanders on August 7th announced the signing of Gary as an unrestricted free agent. Additionally, the Commanders on Tuesday afternoon reached an injury settlement with tight end Samus Reyes, uh, who the team the previous Tuesday, August 16th, had placed on the reserve injured list. So Reyes technically now is gone from the Commanders, although he could be back. Uh, A lot was happening with the Commanders from a roster transaction standpoint on Tuesday. It is this coming Tuesday, August 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern, that we do have the cut down to 53, in which each NFL team must reduce its active roster to a maximum of 53 players. Uh, We are getting closer to actual meaningful NFL football. The regular season is coming. I mean, the cut down to 53 
is uh, less than a week away now. We also, believe it or not, are getting closer to the fall. A beautiful spring lawn actually starts in the fall. If your lawn isn't looking as you want it to look, get with Weedman. Weedman cares for your lawn so that you don't have to. Uh, Weedman provides what your lawn needs to look great. Fertilization, weed control, aeration, seeding, and a variety of other services. If you don't have the time or the knowledge to make your lawn look great, no worries. Let Weedman take care of your lawn and take advantage of a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a fall tune-up at a great price, and aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $219. Uh, that's about $100 off the usual price for those services. Call 571-340-3400 and mention the Al Galdi podcast for the special offer. Uh, Weedman is a national network of locally owned franchises, so you'll receive the personal service that you deserve. Uh, Weedman's products are of the highest quality, uh, the best weed controls, state certified seed. Uh, Weedman's secret sauce is the fertilizer. All of Weedman's organic-based fertilizer applications feature 65% super slow-release nitrogen that feed your roots slowly and effectively. You see, Weedman has a mastery of the science behind a great lawn. And so put Weedman to work for you. A beautiful spring lawn starts in the fall. So take advantage of this special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a fall tune-up at a great price, an aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $219. That's about $100 off the usual price for those services. Call 571-340-3400 and mention the Al Galdi podcast for the special offer. That's 571 571- 340-3400 and mention the Al Galdi podcast. You can also Google Weedman and make a web request. Just make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast. Weedman, a great lawn at a great price with great personal service. More now on the Commanders. Uh, Some other notable items from head coach Ron Rivera's post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon. So as I've said, we have no official injury reports for the Commanders until the regular season. The biggest injury concerns for the Commanders right now regarding players on the active roster are guards Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner and the many tight ends who have been dealing with or are coming off injury. Uh, Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, Curtis Hodges. Uh, Interior defensive lineman Fidarian Mathis uh, did get nicked during Tuesday's practice. Uh, Looked like he may have hurt an ankle. Uh, Corner Benjamin St. Juice on Tuesday was not practicing. Uh, As you may recall, he previously dealt with a hamstring ailment that prevented him from playing in the commander's preseason opening 23-21 loss to the Carolina Panthers at FedEx Field on August 13th. However, in the midst of everything happening with the commanders right now, Guess who has been practicing for the Commanders pretty consistently over the last two weeks? Receiver Curtis Samuel. Yeah, rather quietly, Curtis has settled into a nice groove of practicing and playing. Uh, He has played in each of the Commanders' first two games this preseason. Remember, Ron Rivera, during a post-training camp practice press conference on August 1st, revealed that Curtis was dealing with issues pertaining to, quote, overall football conditioning and shape, end quote. 
Uh, but Rod emphasized that there was a plan for Curtis, uh, who, as you may have heard, dealt with a groin injury last season, causing him to play in just five of Washington's 17 games in the 2021 regular season. Well, the Curtis Samuel plan seems to be working. Uh, this was Ron during his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon. We're still ramping it up. You know, um, his, his, everything he does is monitored. And, and so as we go through these things, we want to continue and, you know, keep it going. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things that you, you talk about, you know, just, just because you found work doesn't mean stop looking for work. And I think that's what he's done. He's been very diligent with everything he needs to do. You know, I know I check in with Al every day as to how things are, and, and we just continue to, to, to stick with everything we can with him, and he's done a great job. All right, great to hear that. Uh, we have actual, real-life, positive momentum for Curtis Samuel right now, and I do maintain if Curtis Samuel is healthy for this coming season, and we all know that that's a big if, but if he is healthy, I think he could really help this commander's offense. I mean, you think about it, he barely played last season. So Curtis Samuel for this coming season is like a significant free agent acquisition from this past offseason because he barely contributed last season. But you could have him contributing a whole lot this coming season. We'll see. We're not going to get too ahead of ourselves here. But uh, things for weeks now have been trending in a positive direction for Curtis Samuel. Uh, As for the commander's next preseason game, Uh, The game, of course, will be the Commanders' final game in the 2022 preseason. Commanders at the Baltimore Ravens this Saturday night at 7. Uh, The Ravens, yes, have won an NFL record 22 consecutive preseason games. As I said on Tuesday's show, episode 383, I actually really want the Commanders to win at the Ravens this Saturday night, just so we can say that the Commanders ended the obnoxious preseason winning streak of our neighbors to the north, the Ravens. Uh, Here was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on the Ravens NFL record 22-game preseason winning streak. You go into every game expecting to win. I mean, you know, and good for them. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's their thing. It's what they're doing. They're, they're, they come out and they play a specific way and good for them. You know, but our, our, our job is to go out and make sure we got guys that are playing and learning and growing and getting better as football players. And like I said, you play every game to win. Yeah, now I do not at all expect Ron Rivera on Saturday night at the Ravens to play commander starters or even key commanders players. Uh, I do not think that Ron on Saturday night should play commander starters or even key commanders players. The purpose of Saturday night at the Ravens uh, should be for quarterback Sam Howell to get a lot of playing time and for the team to figure out the remaining few spots on the initial 53-man roster and who the team wants on its practice squad. Here was Ron on Tuesday afternoon on how much the commander's third and final preseason game can impact his vision for the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2022 season. I think it can impact it just because now this is an opportunity for some of these young guys to get a chance to, to really be part of something, you know, that they're getting prepped for. I mean, the way they're going to approach this, the way that, you know, we're approaching this, this is a regular game week. Everything we've done in terms of meeting in the morning, practicing, in the, uh, you know, like we are, um, and then meeting to, to review practice tape. Uh, is everything that we do in the regular season. You know, we get, we'll get them out early, you know, a lot earlier than normal if this was regular camp. 
Um, and now it's on them. They got to take care of themselves. There's, you know, there'll be extra times to, to get extra treatment. The rest of the times to you know, meet with your coach if you want, you know, get some things answered, that type of stuff. Because this is a very important game. It really is, you know. And and and, and not everything is decided. I mean, there's still some 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 spots that we are looking at, um, you know, and and how deep we can go at certain positions. You know, we're we're, we're discussing, you know, at certain positions, how many guys are we going to keep, and and that's a, and that that'll be impacted by how some guys play. Yeah, you know, as meaningless as an NFL team's final preseason game is, it does impact an NFL team's initial 53-man roster. We have seen this plenty of times with Washington over the years. Now, normally, the impact only has to do with, say, spots 50 through 53 on that 53-man roster, but the preseason finale does factor into the formation of the initial 53-man roster. I do believe that, and that's because we have seen that. Uh, Go back to 2019. Uh, Receiver Cam Sims in the Redskins' preseason-ending 27 loss to the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field on August 29th, 2019. Uh, Cam in that game, one reception for 12 yards, on seven targets. Yeah, one reception on seven targets. The word going into that game was that Cam was a lock to make the Skins season opening 53-man roster. But Cam in that preseason finale was guilty of three first half drops. And he ended up getting released and the Redskins cut down to 53 in 2019. Now, to Cam's credit, he has fought his way back onto Washington. Uh, But that is an example of the preseason finale playing a major role in whether someone makes a team's season opening 53-man roster. And by the way, the receiver who made the Skins initial 53-man roster for 2019 over Cam Sims, or at least a receiver who made the Skins initial 53-man roster for 2019, as opposed to Cam Sims, was Steve Sims. And Steve Sims in that preseason finale against the Ravens at FedEx Field in 2019 did well. Cam Sims did not do well. Here was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on young commanders players who have stood out to him over training camp, the preseason, and now these recent practices. Well, th- there's been a number of them that have really shined. Uh, you can start with the tight end position. I mean, every one of those guys that, 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 have, you know, that we started off with, uh, really shined and did some really good things. I'll tell you, a young man that was really making strides was Eli Wolf, and unfortunately, you know, he had the shoulder uh, injury. So, um, but but guys like that, you know, that that when they get an opportunity to take advantage and and produce and perform, they'll get your eye. You know, so like I said, the tight end position has, has been one of those really um, a guy that's really shined. But we've always kind of felt good about him was Dax Mel. I think Dax has, has played very well in, in both preseason games and, and has, has flashed uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and has gotten our attention. He really has. Um, and then Casey Tuhill. You know, here's a guy. You know that 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 we picked up a, a, a couple of years ago, and and all he's done is just improve. And, and his practice habits have been tremendous. So, you know, really happy for for, for guys like that. And and you know, in, in the secondary, there's a lot of guys that are competing a lot right now. And and so that's going to come down. I think this game will impact some of the guys on 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 in the secondary. To be honest. Uh, Notable that Rod Rivera in that cut brought up receiver Dax Milne. Uh, We have seen some good things from Dax Milne 
so far this preseason. Uh, the loss to the Panthers at FedEx Field on August 13th. Dax in that game, two receptions for 30 yards on three targets. The 24-14 loss at the Kansas City Chiefs this past Saturday. Dax in that game, four receptions for 37 yards on four targets. Fourth quarter, Sam Howell had a first and 10, 22-yard shotgun completion to Dax Milne, who displayed strong hands in uh, holding onto the football and essentially posting up corner Chris Lemons on a back shoulder throw. Uh, the completion gave the commanders a first and goal at the one, and the drive resulted in running back Jarrett Patterson's fourth quarter, second and goal, one-yard shot, good handoff, touchdown run. Uh, Washington took Dax in the seventh round of the 2021 NFL draft out of BYU. So we may be done seeing commanders offensive starters this preseason, but that obviously doesn't mean that the work of the commanders first team offense is done. Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on what he wants to see from the commanders offense moving forward. Well, I'm thinking consistency now more than anything else. I mean, it, 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 it's, you know, as we get to this, this stage of camp, now, every time we get on the field, it should be very fluid. It should be very, very fluid. Everything they, they do should come naturally, you know, and, and so you're looking for that consistency, the fluidity of, of play, you know, and, and little mistakes, stuff like that. We can't have those. So as we get past this last game, that's going to be what we're looking for every time we practice With and play. And, of course, no commander's offensive player matters more than the starting quarterback, the QB1, uh, Carson Wentz. You know, it's funny, we haven't had a lot of Carson Wentz talk recently. Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon got asked a Carson Wentz question for what felt like the first time in a while. Uh, this was Ron on something that he has learned about Carson Wentz since the commanders traded for him in March. The, the one thing, and I, I kind of heard it, but to see it, he's very resilient. You know, a lot of things just, you know, just kind of go off his back. Um, he's he's very hard on himself. He really is. You know, he pushes himself. And you can see it, you know, in meetings, you can see it. I mean, this is a young man who's, who's very serious about his craft. Um, and I think he's a guy that's driven, you know. So so it's, it's been kind of fun watching him. Um, and uh, every now and then, you, you know, it, it's, it's kind of neat to watch and, and see something positive that, that, that all of a sudden you go, okay, he's got that. And, then, and, it's, and, and, and he takes a little bit of pride in those things. Interesting to hear Ron Rivera say what he said right there, given the Carson Wentz narrative, right? Bad leader, not coachable, etc. cetera. Uh, look, the ultimate determinant of Carson Wentz as a commander will be the regular season. But we do continue to hear and see a lot of good things about Carson Wentz, the guy, for whatever that is worth. Well, a guy about whom you'll never hear anything bad is real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Uh, visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. You may be wondering, hey, is now a good time to buy a home given what has been happening with mortgage rates? Uh, the answer is yes. The rates are sidelining buyers causing high-level inventory, the likes of which we have not seen in years, this presents a huge opportunity for buyers. Uh, think of it like a contrarian approach in sports betting or in analytics. When everyone else is zigging, you should be zagging. Uh, with so many other buyers sidelined, that is causing a major rise in inventory and a major reduction in prices, and so you should be buying Kellen Hunt understands all of this. He gets that now is the time to pounce. So, pounce. 
Visit CloseItWithKel.com. That's CloseItWithKel, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has a mastery of the market, but he's not just some know-it-all. He is here for you to listen to you, to hear what you want, and then determine the best way of going about getting you what you want, no matter your age or situation in life. His website says it all. Close it with Kel. Com. Kellen Hunt is a closer. Kellen Hunt will close you buying the home that you want. And Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yeah, you the buyer get a piece of the action. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, if anyone who you know is looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, the name to know is Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. And make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. If you're trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit CloseItWithKell.com and tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Well, we on Tuesday morning did have some feel-good news from the team now known as the Commanders. Uh, the Commanders on Tuesday morning announced that they will be retiring the number nine of all-time great quarterback Sonny Jurgensen. Uh, this will happen during the Commanders game against the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field in Week 18 of the 2022 season. Uh, Tuesday was Sonny's 88th birthday. Uh, Tuesday also was my son's fifth birthday, so there you go. Happy birthday. Uh, Here was Commander's head coach Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon on the team retiring Sonny Jurgensen's number nine. I think it's a benefit to the organization anytime you have have uh, an alum, uh, especially a great former player, you know, that you're acknowledging and, and, and recognizing uh, for a couple of reasons. One, for us, it, it's important that our players understand what our history, you know, what the tradition uh, is all about. And, and whenever there's an opportunity to have a great player recognized, I, I think it should be something that, you know, our players should get caught up in. Um, for, for, the, for the team, the community as a whole, you know, it's, it's hey, the great memories, the, the great times that, 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 that the, some of the great players had. Um, it, it, I think it brings a little nostalgia to them. Yeah, so Sonny Jurgensen will become the fourth member of the franchise to have his number retired. Uh, quarterback Sammy Baugh's number 33 was the only official retired number for the franchise for decades. Then we had two numbers retired last season. Uh, receiver Bobby Mitchell's number 49 was retired on September 16th, 2021. And safety Sean Taylor's <laughs> number 21 was retired on October 17th, 2021. And of course, I laugh because the retirement of Sean's number 21 ended up being one of the greatest debacles in franchise history. We do not need to rehash that right now. Uh, I may be in the minority on this, but I would have been just fine with Washington never officially retiring another number after Sammy Baugh's number 33. Uh, Sammy Baugh is the greatest player in Redskins slash Washington football team slash commander's history. Uh, he quite possibly is the greatest player in NFL history. Uh, Sammy Baugh is like the Babe Ruth of the NFL. 
So for his number to be the only officially retired number for the team was fine. Uh, The team, to me, never had to start retiring these other numbers. Now, if you want to say that Bobby Mitchell has a historical significance, uh, okay, I hear you, and I don't disagree with you. Bobby Mitchell was the first black player to play for the franchise, which was the last franchise in the NFL to integrate. But especially once Washington retired Sean Taylor's number 21, the floodgates were open. Because if Sean's number 21 was worthy of being retired, then you really had a case for retiring a number of other numbers, uh, like Sonny Jurgensen's number nine. And so now we are looking at a potential avalanche of retired numbers for the team. Uh, corner Daryl Green's number 28, uh, receiver Art Monk's number 81, uh, running back John Riggins' number 44, uh, running back slash returner Brian Mitchell's number 30, uh, tight end Jerry Smith's number 87, guard Russ Grimm's number 68, offensive lineman Joe Jacoby's number 66. I mean, the list of numbers worthy of retirement goes on and on and on. And personally, I've never felt that this was needed. The commanders have their ring of fame. The team has used that to honor all-time greats for years. Retiring a bunch of numbers to me has never been necessary. Uh, That said, this retiring of Sonny Jurgensen's number nine is a great gesture and a well-deserved honor for Sonny. Sonny Jurgensen is the best pure passer in Redskins history. He is one of the best pure passers in NFL history, and he really was years ahead of his time. Sonny's arm talent was incredible. He literally could and did throw behind the back passes. You know that quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes? You know that guy? Uh, The guy with the exceptional arm talent? The guy who torched the commanders this past Saturday in a preseason game? Sonny was Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. Sonny was OG Patrick Mahomes. Uh, One of the most staggering facts about the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders is that only one player in franchise history has ever thrown for at least 30 touchdowns in a regular season. Uh, That is a very sad fact, right? 30 touchdown passes in a season is done by multiple quarterbacks every NFL season now, but only one quarterback in Washington history has had at least 30 touchdown passes in a regular season. Well, that player was Sonny Jurgensen in the 1967 regular season, which was a 14-game regular season for the Redskins. So think about that. 1967, during a time in which the NFL was not close to the passing league that it is today. Sonny, in that season, became the only quarterback in franchise history to have at least 30 touchdown passes in a regular season. And again, The 1967 regular season was a 14-game regular season for the Redskins, uh, not a 16-game regular season or a 17-game regular season. Uh, Sonny put up monster passing numbers at a time in which, again, the NFL wasn't close to the passing league that it is today. Now, some of this was due to the Redskins having bad defenses, but consider the following. Uh, Sonny, for the 1966 regular season, led the NFL in passing yards at 3,209. That was 235 yards better 
than the next highest total, 2,974 passing yards by Cleveland Browns quarterback Frank Ryan. Uh, Sonny, for the 1967 regular season, led the NFL in passing yards at 3,747. That was 319 yards better than the next highest total, 3,428 passing yards by Baltimore Colts quarterback Johnny Unitas. Uh, Sonny, for the 1967 regular season, led the NFL in pass attempts at 508. That was 72 pass attempts better than the next highest total, 436 pass attempts by Johnny Unitas. Uh, Sonny, for the 1969 regular season, led all qualified NFL quarterbacks in completion percentage at 62. Uh, That was 6.1 percentage points better than the next highest total, 55.9 by San Francisco 49ers quarterback John Brody. Uh, Often in sports, it's not just what you do, it's the environment in which you do what you do, and it's how what you do compares with what your contemporaries do. Sonny was ahead of his time in terms of being a prolific passer. Uh, He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1983. Now, I mentioned Sonny being the Redskins starting quarterback during a time in which they had bad defenses. And that brings us to this. And I think that this is a key aspect of the Sonny Jurgensen legacy. Uh, He is maybe the ultimate example of the fallacy of judging a quarterback based on his win-loss record. Do you know what Sonny's career regular season record with the Redskins is? 52, 51, and 5. Yeah, that's it. 52, 51, and 5. Sonny played on a number of Skins teams with terrible defenses. Sonny's four best seasons with the Skins were 1966. 1967, 1969, and 1970. The Skins were woeful in each of those seasons in terms of points allowed and yards allowed. The Redskins for the 1966 regular season finished just 13th out of 15 NFL teams in points allowed and just 13th out of 15 NFL teams in yards allowed. The Redskins for the 1967 regular season finished just 11th out of 16 NFL teams in points allowed and just 15th out of 16 NFL teams in yards allowed. The Redskins for the 1969 regular season finished just 10th out of 16 NFL teams in points allowed and just 12th out of 16 NFL teams in yards allowed. The Redskins for the 1970 regular season finished just 21st out of 26 NFL teams in points allowed and just 24th out of 26 NFL teams in yards allowed. I mean, how about all of that? (laughs) One bad defense after another for the Skins during Sonny's peak seasons with the Skins. Uh, Sonny Jurgensen's greatness with the Redskins came as a result of an all-time great trade. Uh, This is one of the most famous trades in Skins history, really in Washington, D.C. sports history. Uh, The Redskins on March 31st, 1964, made an intra-division trade 
with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, sending quarterback Norm Sneed and defensive back Claude Crabb to the Eagles for quarterback Sonny Jurgensen and defensive back Jimmy Carr. Uh, Sonny was entering his age 30 season. Uh, the thought was that he was maybe over the hill. Uh, no, he went on to play for the Skins for 11 seasons, 1964 through 1974. Uh, did deal with injury in the latter stages of his career, but he retired as the Skins' all-time leader in regular season passing yards, completions, and attempts. And then there is Sonny's post-playing career. Uh, he, of course, is a broadcasting legend for the franchise. Uh, Sonny served as an analyst for radio broadcasts of Redskins games for 38 years, 1981 through 2018. He was part of the iconic Sonny, Sam, and Frank team with Sam Huff and Frank Herzog from 1981 through 2003. But note whose name came first. Sonny's. Sonny, Sam, and Frank. Sonny, Sam, and Frank was how that team was referred to because Sonny was the biggest star. Uh, you know, Sonny also worked as a national broadcaster. He worked as a broadcaster for CBS for six years, 1975 through 1980. When you combine Sonny's greatness as a quarterback and as a broadcaster, you really can argue that he is the greatest icon in Redskins slash Washington football team slash commander's history. I mean, icon means different things to different people. Uh, Sammy Ball is an icon for the franchise of the greatest head coach in the history of the franchise. Joe Gibbs is an icon for the franchise. Uh, there certainly are other icons in franchise history. So there's no definitive way of determining who the greatest icon in team history is. But Sonny Jurgensen certainly is a candidate for that honor. You know, 11 years as a quarterback, 38 years as a legendary analyst on team radio broadcasts, 49 years of service for the franchise. Uh, not too shabby. Uh, something else with all of this, uh, very interesting that the commander's co-owner and co-CEO who was quoted in the team press release announcing that Sonny Jurgensen's number nine is going to be retired was Tanya Snyder and not Dan Snyder. Uh, the Danny was not quoted in this press release. Uh, usually, he is quoted in press releases from the team about major occurrences. Uh, I read to you directly from the press release. Quote, no member of the Washington franchise will ever wear the number nine again, which is truly a nod to Sonny's incredible accomplishments on and off the field, said co-CEO and co-owner Tanya Snyder. Dan and I are thankful for the 55 years Sonny dedicated to the franchise. People will remember him as one of the greatest quarterbacks in franchise history and the radio voice of the team for our three Super Bowl victories. He represents true excellence and professionalism and serves as a role model for future Washington players. We look forward to honoring his legacy with his friends and family later this season. He will forever be a part of the burgundy and gold, end quote. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why the team went with Tanya Snyder and not Dan Snyder giving the ownership quote in the press release. Uh, maybe this was just done to get Tanya over some more as the co-owner and co-CEO. I don't know, but that did stand out to me, uh, Tanya and not Dan being quoted in the press release. Uh, anyway, congrats to Sonny Jurgensen. You always want to honor people while they are alive. You know, posthumously honoring people never 
feels as good as honoring people when they are alive. Uh, Sonny turned 88 on Tuesday. So yeah, I mean, if you're going to do this, let's do this, okay? So um, Sonny will be honored week 18 of this coming season. He's not the best quarterback in franchise history. That title belongs to Sammy Ball, but Sonny may well be the greatest icon in franchise history, and he certainly will never be forgotten. And thankfully, he is with us, and he will be able to enjoy uh, his number nine being retired week 18 of the upcoming NFL season. Up next, I'm talking Nationals, is a Capitals and Wizards owner. Ted Leonsis about to buy the Nats and potentially get them out of the Masson dispute. I'll get into all of that and a lot more after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So with the Nationals right now, there is the macro and there is the micro. Uh, I will get to the latest in the micro shortly, but the macro is what matters the most. Uh, The Nats are on the verge of being sold, and that is a really big deal. Uh, Barring the unforeseen, new Nats ownership is coming. And the Washington Post on Tuesday afternoon reported that Ted Leonsis, as in Capitals, Wizards, and Mystics owner, Ted Leonsis has emerged as a potential bidder for the Nats, saying that uh, Ted's monumental sports and entertainment has been granted access to the Nats' financial data. Now, this is not the first time that Ted's name has come up regarding buying the Nats. Uh, Forbes, all the way back on April 14th, reported that, quote, according to MLB insiders, the buzz is that David Rubenstein and Ted Leonsis are going to team up to make a bid for the Washington Nationals. And quote, uh, David Rubenstein is one of three billionaire founders of the private equity firm, the Carlisle Group. So 
Ted Leonsis potentially buying the Nats has been out there, but we perhaps now have some true momentum for this, although Ted is far from the only contender to buy the Nats. Uh, The Washington Post report on Tuesday afternoon included the following, quote, at least five potential bidders have met with Nationals officials. Another key step in addition to examining the team's finances, billionaire Michael B. Kim, whose private equity firm manages more than $25 billion in assets, met this summer with Team officials at Nationals Park, mortgage mogul Stanley Middleman, has also met with team personnel. It is not known if Leonsis has formally met with Nationals officials, end quote. Now, this Washington Post report, very interestingly, came out on the same day, the exact same day, that Monumental Sports and Entertainment and Comcast announced that they had entered into an agreement under which Monumental is acquiring NBC Universal's 67% stake in NBC Sports Washington. Uh, Monumental Sports and Entertainment in October 2016 became an equity partner in CSN Mid-Atlantic, which eventually became NBC Sports Washington. Ted Leonsis is the founder, chairman, principal partner, and chief executive officer of Monumental Sports and Entertainment. So Ted Leonsis has had an ownership stake in NBC Sports Washington for years. Uh, Ted Leonsis now is going to be owning NBC Sports Washington outright. And while the bulk of the conversation on Tuesday regarding this item had to do with what will this mean for Capitals and Wizards coverage on NBC Sports Washington. I think the more interesting conversation is what might this mean for the Nats? Uh, The Nats have been involved in the Masson dispute with the Orioles for more than a decade now. 2012 is when the Masson dispute started. If the Nats are about to be purchased by Ted Leonsis, and that is a massive if, okay? But if that is about to happen, and Ted has outright ownership of a major regional sports television network at NBC Sports Washington, and the O's might be on the verge of being sold, depending on what happens with the failing health of Peter Angelos and the ongoing Angelos family feud uh, regarding Orioles ownership, uh, you could see a path by which the Nats end up getting out of the Masson deal and find their way onto NBC Sports Washington. Now, there's a lot that would have to happen in order for that to happen. But that, to me, is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow if you're a Nats fan. The Nats, for years, have needed to get out of this ridiculous Masson arrangement with the O's. The Masson arrangement does the Nats no favors. And, you know, in a lot of ways, the Masson arrangement has not been good for the O's because Masson is run on the cheap, And I think a network that was run properly could do a lot of good for the O's. Uh, And we haven't had that for years, okay? Now, I think the Angelos family makes good money uh, in owning Masson. But I don't think that the Masson arrangement has been as good for the O's in terms of growing the brand of the O's as people may think. But specific to the Nats, I mean, this has got to be something in the back of your mind right now if you're a Nats fan. What if Ted Leonsis buys the Nats? What if Ted Leonsis in conjunction with the Orioles being sold, which would, in theory, mean Masson being sold, although I guess not definitely, what if Ted could get the Nats onto their own regional sports network 
in NBC Sports Washington. How great would that be for the Nats? Uh, Now, there's a conversation, too, about, well, would Ted be a great MLB owner? And, you know, I don't think that that's a slam dunk. There have been good things about Ted as owner of the Caps and Wiz. Uh, He does spend money on players. There have been some not-so-good things about Ted as owner of the Caps and Wiz. Uh, The Wizards haven't advanced past the second round of the NBA playoffs since 1979. So, you know, it's not a complete certainty that Ted Leonsis, as owner of the Nats, would be a great owner. But I think that he could be a great owner. And this idea of him buying the Nats being a gateway to the Nats getting out of the Madison situation... Uh, boy, that is enticing. I don't know how you're not at least intrigued as a Nats fan by that. We very late on Tuesday night had a Nats game, uh, what was game one of a two-game series at the Seattle Mariners, and the Nats flirted with being no hit in this game. Uh, they, thanks to Joey Manessis, did not get no hit, but they did lose uh, a 4-2 loss at the Mariners. Uh, the Nats in the 2022 regular season now are a Major League worst 41-83 and 83, with a Major League worst run differential of minus 211. Uh, the man who flirted with no hitting the Nats was former Nats prospect Robbie Ray. Uh, the Nats in December 2013 acquired starting pitcher Doug Fister from the Detroit Tigers for a package of players that included Ray, who the Nats took in the 12th round of the 2010 MLB draft. Well, Robbie Ray has had a nice major league career. He, in this game on Tuesday night, allowed one run in six and two-thirds innings, and the one run came thanks to Joey Manessis. Uh, Manessis was an ad-starting right fielder and number two batter. He went two for four with a solo homer and a double. Uh, Manessis in an ad's one-run seventh, a leadoff homer to dead center to cut the ad's deficit to 2-1, and to end the no-hit bid by Robbie Ray, uh, the homer went a projected 410 feet per stat cast and was home run at number six for Joey Manessis in just 18 career major league regular season games. And Manessis wasn't done. Uh, he and Anats one run ninth had a leadoff double off the left field wall on a one two pitch. Uh, Joey Manessis now over 73 career major league regular season plate appearances is slugging 614. Uh, the Nats on August 2nd, what was 2022 MLB trade deadline day, selected the contract of first baseman slash outfielder Joey Manessis from AAA Rochester. Uh, We've talked about him. This is his age 30 season. This was his 10th minor league season, and he inexplicably has been an offensive force for the Nats. Uh, But beyond Joey Manessis, not much happening for the Nats offensively on Tuesday night. Just two runs, just five hits, just two walks, uh, one for four with runners in scoring position. Lane Thomas did have two hits. He was the Nats starting center fielder and number five batter. He went two for four with an RBI single and an infield single. Uh, Thomas in the top of the seventh had a two-out infield single to the left side of the infield and a stolen base. And Thomas in the Nats one-run ninth had a two-out opposite field RBI single through the right side of the infield to cut the Nats deficit to 4-2. Uh, we did did have yet another Nats boo-boo on the base pass in this game. Uh, Alex Call, he was an Nats starting left fielder at number one batter, 0 for 2 with a walk. Call in the top of the fourth, a leadoff seven-pitch walk despite having been down in the count at one point at 1-2, but he then got picked off and caught stealing second base 
for the third out. Uh, the Nats this season have just been horrendous on the base paths. Uh, Luke Voigt was back. He returned from a three-game absence caused by back tightness. He is the Nats starting first baseman at number three batter, went 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Uh, Riley Adams was back. Uh, the Nats on Monday optioned catcher Tres Barrera to AAA Rochester, and on Tuesday recalled catcher Riley Adams from Rochester. Uh, This was the opposite of what the Nats did on July 1st when they optioned Adams to Rochester and recalled Barrera from Rochester. Uh, Both Adams and Barrera this season have struggled at the major league level as batters. Uh, Adams on Tuesday night was an ad starting catcher and number seven batter 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Uh, Also back for the Nats in this 4-2 loss at the Mariners late night on Tuesday night was starting pitcher Eric Fetty. Uh, The Nats on Tuesday returned Fetty from his rehabilitation assignment and reinstated him from the 15-day injured list, uh, which he had been on retroactively since July 27th due to right shoulder inflammation. Fetty on Tuesday night was good. Two runs in five innings. He had six strikeouts versus one walk. Uh, good stuff from Fetty. He gave up just three hits, a homer, and two singles. Uh, 81 pitches, 52 strikes versus 29 balls. The only damage off Fetty came in the bottom of the fourth, uh, during which he gave up a leadoff single to Jesse Winker and then gave up a two-run homer to Mitch Hanniger on a blast to left field for a 2-0 Mariners lead. But Fetty responded well to the homer. He then recorded three consecutive strikeouts to end the inning. Uh, Nats manager Davey Martinez during his postgame session with reporters early Wednesday morning on Eric Fetty. Yeah, we, we had him puzzled in for about 80, 80, 85 pitches. So he threw the ball well. You know, we talked after he came out. He said he felt great. Um, you know, and once again, we talk a lot about, you know, the 0-2s, the 2-2s, 3-2s. Um, once, once we could clear that up, I mean, yeah, he, he could pitch six, seven innings, you know. So, um you know, but I thought I thought tonight was was a, a great outing for him coming back off the IL. So uh, you know, next time he'll, he'll be stretched out to go maybe you know ninety. Yeah, good stuff from Eric Fetty on Tuesday night. Although, how about this? And boy, does this say a lot about the Nats this season. Do you know that the Nats now have gone forty consecutive games without a starting pitcher getting a win in a game? Uh, Normally, I could not care less about pitcher wins and pitcher losses, but that is some streak. 40 consecutive games without a starting pitcher getting a win in a game. That is, in fact, the longest such streak in modern Major League history, i.e. since 1900. Think about that. Uh, Three Nats relievers on Tuesday night combined to allow two runs in three innings. Uh, Two of the relievers were good. Victor Arano tossed a perfect bottom of the sixth. Uh, Steve Ciszek was a mess in a Mariners two-run seventh. He faced four batters. He got no outs. He gave up a homer, two singles, and a walk. Uh, The homer was a two-run homer by Eugenio Suarez on a bomb to left field for a 4-1 Mariners lead. The homer went a projected 400 30 feet for a stat cast. Uh, Corey Abbott was good. He faced six batters and got six outs. Yeah, Corey Abbott is still on the major league team. That's because in order to make room for Eric Fetty, the Nats on Tuesday designated reliever Tyler Clippard for assignment. As uh, this may be the end for the clip show, uh, the Nats in March signed Clippard to a minor league contract. This season, his age 37 season, he was at AAA Rochester for far longer this season than anyone ever expected. He did pitch well for Rochester, 33 games, 
36 into third innings, ERA at 248, whip of 121, strikeouts per nine innings of 1214. Uh, the Nats on July 13th finally selected the contract of Clippard from AAA Rochester, but things just did not go well for him at the major league level. He was on the 15-day injured list from July 22nd, retroactive to July 19th to August 12th with a groin strain, and Clippard for the Nats at the major league level in the 2022 regular season pitched in four games and had an ERA of 720. He just did not look good, and now he has been DFA'd. Uh, It's too bad. I mean, Tyler Clippert is arguably the best reliever in Nats history. What he did for the Nats from 2008 through 2014 really was tremendous. He, over those seven regular seasons, had an ERA of 268 over 464 innings. He, in each of five consecutive regular seasons with the Nats, 2010 through 2014, appeared in at least 72 games and threw at least 70 and a third innings. And Tyler Clifford is number one in Nats history. So since the franchise became the Nats beginning with the 2005 season in regular season appearances by a pitcher, but uh, it's possible that his major league career is over. We'll see. Game two for the Nats at the Mariners Wednesday afternoon at 410. Anibal Sanchez will be the Nats starting pitcher. Well, the Nationals' 4-2 loss at the Seattle Mariners late night on Tuesday night did the Orioles no favors, but the O's on Tuesday night did win uh, a 5-3 win over the Chicago White Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards in Game 1 of a three-game series as the O's, Joe Angel, were in the win column. And the Orioles again in the win column. Yes, Joe, uh, the O's, they now have won three of four. Uh, they in the 2022 regular season now are 64 and 58, two and a half games behind both the Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays for the American League's second wild card spot. Uh, the O's on Tuesday night totaled five runs on five hits and three walks. Uh, the White Sox on Tuesday night had three runs on 11 hits and four walks. Go figure. Uh, the big blow for the O's on Tuesday night, a Ryan Mountcastle three-run homer. Uh, Mountcastle as the Orioles starting first baseman and number four batter, one for four, but the one was the three-run bomb. A Mountcastle in an Orioles three-run first, a one-out three-run homer to center field for a 3-2 Orioles lead. The homer went a projected 420 feet per stat cast. Uh, the O's also got RBI singles from D.H. Anthony Santander and shortstop Jorge Mateo. Uh, Adley Rutschman on Tuesday night as the Orioles starting catcher and number two batter 0 for 2 with two walks. So your Adley Rutschman on base percentage since he was called up to the majors by the O's on May 21st now is at 368. Just tremendous. Uh, the former Nat, Austin Voth, was the Orioles starting pitcher on Tuesday night and he once again was effective. Uh, two runs in five and two-thirds innings. Now, he did put a lot of guys on base. He gave up seven hits, a homer, a double, and five singles, and he issued three walks. So in some ways, he was quite lucky to allow just the two runs in five and two-thirds innings. He only recorded three strikeouts. He threw 93 pitches, 59 strikes versus 34 balls. But both in the top of the first gave up a one-out two-run homer to Aloy Jimenez, then did toss five into third scoreless innings. You know, there's something to be said for you don't have great stuff. You're putting guys on base, but you find a way 
to not get torched, and Voth certainly did not get torched. The run prevention was pretty good, two runs in five and two-thirds innings. So Austin Voth now with the O's since they claimed them off waivers from the Nats on June 7th. 15 games, including 11 starts, 53 and two-thirds innings, ERA of 285. Uh, both for the Nats in the 2022 regular season had an ERA of 10-13 in 18 and two-thirds innings over 19 games, and both for the Nats over four-plus major league seasons, 2018 to 2022, had an ERA of 570 over 181 and two-thirds innings. Uh, also, the Orioles bullpen on Tuesday night. Five Orioles relievers in this 5-3 win over the White Sox combined to allow one run in three and a third innings. And what stood out more than anything was the flamethrower, Felix Batista, being at it again. Uh, you know, him coming into these games at Oriole Park at Camden Yards now to the Omar whistle from the wire is just hysterical. Batista on Tuesday night tossed one and two-thirds scoreless innings with three strikeouts for a five-out save. His ERA for the 2022 regular season now is at 168, and Felix Batista's four-seam fastball velocity per StatCast on Tuesday night at one point reached 100. 3.1 miles per hour. He is a flamethrower. I mean, think about that. 103.1 miles per hour. Game two for the O's against the White Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards Wednesday night at 7.05. Spencer Watkins will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 385, will include much more on the Commanders, and I'll talk Nationals and Orioles, and that's on Wednesday afternoon at 410. We'll begin game two of a two-game series at the Seattle Mariners. The O's on Wednesday night at 705 will begin game two of a three-game series against the Chicago White Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.